Hello and welcome to another VK podcast. I'm Kevin Vela. With me today, as always, Ray Corolla. We are attorneys for Vela Keller, a boutique Dallas firm uh, focusing on small businesses, startups, and business litigation. Today we are talking about what they haven't told you when starting a new business. Now, Ray, we get lots of clients who are startups or entrepreneurs, uh, guys going out there wanting to start up their own small business, and they all come in with just an abundance of excitement, maybe some anxiety, you know, a bunch of questions, but they've been reading online and reading books and talking to people about starting a new business. What I want to focus on today is five out of ten things that I have written in the past on the VK blog, five things that they haven't told you about starting a new business, and then we'll do the other five in a subsequent podcast. Yeah, I think these are very valuable tips that you've compiled here, Kevin, that we're going to talk about on this podcast. And you'll notice I still said podcast because we are still seeking submissions for Name Our Podcast. Email us at podcast at com. Remember, we have sweetened the pot a little bit here. We're going to give away a T-shirt. We have now decided it's not going to be used. It's going to be a new Vela Keller t-shirt as well as a sticker, a VK sticker. You can put it on your laptop, you can put it on your forehead, whatever you want to do with it. It's going to be great. But, Kevin, I think really I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to tell everybody how old I am. I'm 38 years old. Experience is the best teacher. If somebody gave me the option right now to say, Ray, take five things in your life that you wish your 21-year-old self would know, and these are those five things, I would say I would have a lot, five very good tips that if I could follow them, um, some of them would involve, well, I'm not going to go into what they would involve, but they would be very helpful, and unfortunately, experience is sometimes the best teacher, but we're going to cut to the chase a little bit on some of that experience for you. So, as Ray mentioned, yes, the experience factor, look, for those of us who aren't familiar with this, we represent dozens, if not hundreds, of small businesses and startups, and eventually you start to see the same things over and over again. I don't care whether the, the startup is a tech startup or it's a, a, a restaurant owner or someone opening a retail space or someone going into a partnership with a buddy to do some real estate work. All businesses go through the same things. So again, the topic today is starting a new business, question mark. So imagine I'm saying that in a question way. Starting a new business, starting a new business. You know, I think you have to raise your voice a little bit at the end so that people in podcast land know, know that you're asking a question. Yeah, and that also means it's a serious question. Right. <laughs> so starting a new business, here's what they haven't told you. And, again, this is part one. We'll do part two, uh, which will be number six through ten here in coming weeks. So what I'll do is I will read through these and offer some brief comments, and then, Ray, I'll allow you to offer some commentary on, and we'll move on, on to the next one. Okay, first tip, starting a new business, something that you probably are not aware of or haven't thought through you're going to have to personally guarantee contracts, and a lot of them. You know, when a business starts up, it doesn't quite yet have any credibility or, or, or credit. It doesn't have a history. So as you go to places, it might be a, your, your landlord for sure, wherever you go and you're leasing space from. If you are taking out a loan from somewhere, it could be as simple as buying equipment on, on credit or starting a copier lease, something like that. They're not going to just say, oh, great, the business will pay us back over time. They're going to expect you to personally guarantee it in the event that something happens to the business. This is a fact, a universal truth of all small businesses. It's just one you need to be prepared for. Yeah, I think, and a lot of people are surprised by this sometimes, by the fact that they 
A, have to personally guarantee something, and B, that they actually did personally guarantee something however many years ago it was when they started that lease, whether it was on your office space or your copier. And what comes along with that personal guarantee is the bank who's going to give you that money, they're going to want to look under the hood and see some of your own personal assets and your personal financial statement, and it feels a little invasive. And you think, well, this is my business, not my personal um, not my, my personal financial situations, but that's how the bank is going to give you that money. It's not unusual. Just make sure you read the documents and be aware that you did it so that down the road, if something comes up, you need to remember, I personally guarantee this, and that's going to be something that I have to handle. I think the, the remembering thing is an important point, Ray, because we get a lot of clients who come in who have maybe been, been operating for a while, and, and now they're new to us, and they come in and say, hey, look, I'm, I've got this issue here, and can someone come after me personally? And we go back and review the documentation and say, well, yeah, well, you personally guarantee this. And they say, I don't remember doing that. When you start a new business, there's so much documentation that's going on. You're probably working with a lawyer for the first time. You might be just signing things without really taking a look at them. So please be careful when you do that. We're not here to say that you can get out of it. I mean, all of our small business owners and, and startup uh, you know, companies that we represent have to personally guarantee contracts at some point in time. We just want to make sure you're aware of it. Okay, number two, and this is a big one. You will have a disagreement with your partner or co-founder or vice president, whatever it may be, at some point in time, and it could be a bad one. So many of the litigation cases we see here are, or pre-litigation cases we see are partnership disputes. And when I say partnership, I'm using partnership to loosely describe co-founders or members in an LLC or shareholders in a, in a corporation. Look, you can't predict every scenario. And problems arise. And one of the things I think people don't understand when they get into business with, with a partner or with their best friend or their neighbor or their classmate or whatnot is just that life happens. You know, a lot of partnership issues, Ray, come out of life happening. People have kids, and all of a sudden their income considerations change. Or maybe someone needs to move to care for a sick relative. Or maybe someone's spouse gets a job on the other side of the company. I mean, if you and I start a business on the other side of the country, I meant to say, if you and I start a business together, and let's say we're opening a bar – and then all of a sudden my wife gets a great opportunity elsewhere, what happens to the bar? I mean, we have invested time and money into it. Do I get my money back out of it? Do I have to find someone to replace me? I mean, you had to, you know, in this hypothetical, you were assuming that I was going to be there to help you manage it. So just things, gonna come, things are going to come up. It's imperative that you sit down with your co-founders, your partners, and you talk through these things. A lawyer can help you do this, but you don't have to have a lawyer to work out partnership issues. Right, and I think that's... Uh, in large part, you can plan for a lot of these disagreements, and that's the purpose. And, again, whatever entity you decide to set up, but you're going to have some kind of company agreement that will try to countenance all sorts of different disagreements or disputes that may arrive. And everybody thinks, Kevin, everybody thinks, oh, well, this is going to be all roses and everything's going to be fine. This is my buddy. We're just here to make money. Disputes happen. Disputes are good, actually. It means you're being aggressive, and it means you're looking out for the best interest of the company. But like Kevin said, life events happen, and you need a mechanism to deal with them. And sometimes even that mechanism is not going to be perfect, and you just got to not let it bog you down and not let you think that it's the end of the world. I always tell everybody I can that, that asks me these types of questions, your, your partnerships or disputes are going to come up in two areas. Either you're making a ton of money or you're not making enough money. That's when they come up, and that's when you have disputes, and you've got to be ready for it. So just make sure you think through these things. What are worst-case scenarios? 
what can happen, and uh, you guys discuss it. Hopefully get something down on paper before moving forward with your business. Okay, number three, phone systems are expensive. Now, a lot of you that might be out there starting a tech company or you know one of the hot venture a startup going to seek venture capital. A lot of times, phones aren't a big deal for you early on. You know, you can work off of your cell phone, and they're just for internal communications. But if you're going to be creating a customer business or a services business, like a law firm, and I think eventually Ray will have a lot of law firm listeners out there, phones can be very, very expensive. I mean, it's not as simple as just walking into a store, a retail store, and buying a couple of handsets. You have to have a PBX, you know, basically a computer that's a phone system. You have to have someone to come in and program them. You need special admin phones. These things can be very, very expensive. And to a startup, you can't, you know, an extra two thousand, three thousand dollar cost for phones usually isn't going to, usually going to cut it, or it's not going to be something that the startup or the small business is ready for. So eventually, you're going to probably have to lease the phones. When you lease the phones, you're going to have to personally guarantee them. Yeah, and, and this kind of ties into some of one of our previous podcasts when we were talking about websites and web extensions and some that maybe not quite as professional as others. A phone system is a huge deal. And this is any kind of any business that's going to be dealing with customers is you got and, and Kevin just kind of assumed that everybody understands the importance of a good phone system because it's expensive and nothing will shut you down faster your business by having a cut rate phone system. If I call somebody and I can tell that it's being rerouted to Grand Prairie and Singapore and then to his cell phone in Forney. It's, I'm, I know that I'm like, this guy's not legit. He doesn't have a decent cell phone. I can hear a reverb. I can hear my voice in this phone every time I talk. I don't want to do business with this guy. It's important. Plan for it. Budget for it. And it makes your business grow. I think first impressions are so important. And a phone system, while it can seem expensive up front, having a good one can set the right tone. Let me piggyback off of Ray's, what Ray said about a phone something happens to your phone system and it shuts the business down. Point number four here is what they haven't told you. Copiers are expensive. Now, the reason why I said phone systems are expensive, and I'm telling you copiers are expensive, I want you to understand when you go start a business, there's a lot of costs out there that you probably haven't thought about. So that's why it's really imperative to sit down and, and work out all of your costs and in, uh, in projected expenses. I'm not one of those guys who thinks that you have to draft a 50-page business plan to start your business, but I do think that thinking through your costs can be – that all of your costs you know, is a very uh, you know, important detail. Go and talk to other small business owners. Ask them what came up early on in your in your business that you weren't aware of. You know, when we say copiers are expensive, if you're going to be in a business that uses copiers now, if your things could be computer equipment, could be office furniture, it could be the build out of your space. You know, of, of your um, of your retail space or of, of your office lease. So there's just other things that are out there. But man, for being in a business like ours, a law firm, when the copier breaks down, I mean. Everyone in the office just wants to leave at such a beatdown. So copiers are expensive. Again, you're probably going to want to lease those. You can lease them for reasonable rates, a couple hundred bucks, maybe $100 a month. But just plan for that when you're working out your projected expenses. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that other than that, other than that there are fundamental business expenses. There's some things you don't need up front to get started. You don't need $25 per square foot office space. You don't need you know, a receptionist, a marketing person, all this different personnel but you need a good copier, you need a good phone system. Those things are fundamental, and you need them when you get started. I agree wholeheartedly. It's so important to be able to show, <clears throat> excuse me, to your customers, you know, and to people outside of your business that you are there, you're, you know, you're credible, you're legitimate. Okay, so the last point that I want to make today, something that really we had never thought about when we launched the business here, and we finally got up and running with our payroll, 
is you get your payroll statement, and it's all of a sudden about 12 to 15 percent higher. Well, I'd say 10 to 15 percent higher. The actual amount that they are taking out of your payroll is 10 to 15 percent higher than what you're actually paying your employees, and that's because of employer payroll taxes. And you're going to have to pay federal employer payroll taxes, and depending on your state, you might also have to pay employer taxes or unemployment taxes. In Texas, we have to pay, pay the state unemployment tax, and that combined with the federal tax is somewhere between 10 and 15 percent. That's a big deal. I mean, 10 to 15 percent on top of your employee salaries. So be aware of that. Uh, employer payroll taxes, that, you know, when you're building out your projected costs in your spreadsheet, you need to make sure you've accounted for this and it's not affecting your profits or you know, what, whatever's coming up at the bottom of your spreadsheets. If you take one tip from us today, this is the one that I think is probably most important, is you're going to get money in. People are going to pay you eventually, and you're going to get excited when you see the checks that your customers write to you or the wire transfers or however you get paid. Just look at that number and automatically in your brain deduct about 30% and automatically move it into a separate account or if you have a payroll provider that does it for you, and just put that aside for taxes. As somebody who has entered into a payment plan with the IRS, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> plan for it. Times are going to be tight, but eat the ramen, drink your water, and put aside money for taxes. And, you know, for the payroll taxes stuff, we like using different payroll providers. We're not here to, to promote one or the other, but you can find them out there, and they're usually the rates are pretty reasonable. So once you're ready for that, we definitely recommend outsourcing that. So anyway, that's all we have for you today, guys. Just five things that they haven't told you about starting a new business. We'll be back here shortly, hopefully in the next week or so, maybe even sooner, with numbers six through ten. Thanks for listening.